This is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. One of the things that I love to do with my social media and my podcast and this platform that I have is share the imperfect things that are happening in my life. I think it's super easy to look at someone on social media and think that everything in their life is perfect because they're only going to post their highlight reel. But we forget that. Like sometimes maybe we know that, like we kind of know, but we completely forget it in the moment. And so something that I've kind of been sharing over the last few months, um, I've shared this on other podcasts that I've been on too. Um, when I started running, it was so intense and it was also around this really restrictive diet, just these weird, crazy things I was doing to my body. Um, it started out from a place of caring for myself. That's where it started um, or wanting to care for myself more. And it turned into an obsession with exercise and an obsession with perfect eating. And so in the last year, it's been really finding how to casually exercise and not always have to be training for a marathon, not always have to be doing like a 90 day insanity program or whatever, but just, Hey, this is how we're going to exercise and move our body, especially because we've been traveling so much in the last year. I mean, like we've gone on two road trips. Um, we were in Thailand, we moved like so many different things that being super strict, um, and committed to some sort of training plan just wasn't what my body needed. Someone might say like, Oh, you're making excuses, but like really it was not what my body or my sanity, like my sanity, I did not need to be sticking to a perfect training plan. Um, I'm actually working with an amazing coach, um, who has an amazing Instagram. I will tag it in the show notes, but, uh, the body, body coaching, um, body story coaching, um, and she kind of helps me see how sometimes our intention for something is self-care and it can kind of turn into self-sabotage, but the intention was self-care. And I really do believe this last year, my intention was to take care of myself and to not punish myself with exercise all the time. Um, and I feel great about that. I feel really great about that, but I didn't train for any races. You know, I ran a few races last year, but yeah, so I'm at this new place right now where I am ready to be training again. I am ready to stick to a plan to, you know, push my discipline, to challenge my body, challenge my mind, um, and do those hard things. Um, yeah. And so I just started literally this week started using a new app and I have a new running coach. I'm working with Steve over at run buzz. Um, and I love the app because it already has everything planned out for me. Um, when it comes time to pick training, we sometimes are like, I don't know what to pick. And sometimes I have you guys or message me like, what should I pick? And I'm, I can recommend, you know, different training plans, but I'm not a running coach. I'm just someone who runs. And so I love this training plan because it's already laid out for me. And I get an email the day before and the day of telling me what I'm supposed to do. So yesterday it told me what my workout was for yesterday, which was a rest day. And then it told me what my workout was for today, which is to run two miles. And then the, today I woke up and I had an email, you know, reminding me to run two miles today and work on strength tomorrow. 
Um, and so when I first started training, I was putting like, I was taking so much time and like writing stuff out in my planner and like trying to make it really visual, which was great back then. And now I realize, okay, cool. Like so many things change that writing things in pen, um, is a little silly because it, it'll change. Um, but I love, I love that this is flexible and I have it and I can see it and I can do it. Um, and I love the kind words in the email reminding me how fast I should be running or rather how slow I should be running and not to go from zero to 100, but I should actually still be able to talk while I'm running. And just kind of those little tidbits, those little education pieces that we don't get when you're just following a plan that you print off the internet. And then I'm just loving the running community that there is on Facebook as well. So I just started with this training plan. I'm going to give you guys updates as I go through it. Um, I actually don't have a race that I'm training for, but I'm going to be following a half marathon training plan um, and kind of see how this goes. I know this is the opposite. Usually I'm like, sign up for a race and then figure out the training. Right now I am doing the training and then I may sign up for a race later this year. We'll, we'll kind of see. Um, we'll be traveling a lot. But I'm going to put the link to in the show notes for you guys if you want to check this out. I'm loving it so far, and I will give you more updates as we go. Let's talk about body dysmorphia. Maybe you've never heard of this term. The first time I heard of it was probably about three years ago. Someone mentioned it, and I was like, oh, there's a name for this thing I do to myself. So body dysmorphia is when you are fixated on imperfections or perceived imperfections on your body. So this might be like you're looking in the mirror and you see yourself larger than you actually are, or it might be zooming in on one part of your body and scrutinizing it. If you've been following me since the beginning, you know that my obsession with my legs and them being pencil thin um, ruled most of my early adulthood. And this is really important to talk about because when we look back on our lives and we, you know, add up all of the time that we've spent trying to get the perfect body or the money we've spent trying to get the perfect body, um, like we would never wish this on our children, our students, our nieces, like really any of the women in our lives, but we do this to ourselves. So today is an awesome episode. I get to chat with Ashley Fillmore. She is an, she is a health educator, a personal trainer, and an online coach. Um, she's also the mom of two amazing little girls, which I think is what makes today's conversation so powerful. Just kind of thinking about the life that we have for ourselves. Do we want to wish that for, you know, our future generations? Um, Ashley and I talk about body dysmorphia. We talk about restricted eating and how it really takes away the joy of life. Um, you know, Ashley is a personal trainer and she does help her clients, uh, you know, build slow, steady, sustainable habits with food and exercise, the things that are actually healthy. And so I, I always like to say this, you know, healthy eating is supposed to add health, not stress. Exercising is supposed to add health not stress. So today's conversation is really powerful. Make sure if, you know, this sounds amazing and you're like, gosh, I need, I need Ashley in my life to help me. Definitely check out the links in the show notes. You can connect with her, um, find her Instagram and her website. All right, let's get started. Today on the podcast, I have personal trainer and online coach, Ashley Fillmore. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to connect with you. Um, Ashley and I are both in the same mindset or uh, mastermind. We have the same online coach. Um, just goes to show how important it is to invest in yourself and find people, whether it's in real life or on the internet, um, that can help you along. So Ashley, so cool to connect. We'll see each other in person in a little bit. But um, I, I like to get started and just hear about your background um, before you were a professional, um, but just like kind of what health and fitness was like for you growing up. And then we can get to, you know, why you, you, you became a personal trainer. So what did so, that look like for you? I'm so excited to be here, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Um, for me, actually, um, I was not raised exercising or eating healthy. I kind of had like the typical American nutrition plan. I drank a lot of soda, but there was really no moderation or balance. Um, as I grew older, I just really became interested in health and exercising, so I actually went to college for that. So I majored in um, exercise sports health education. So I'm a health educator and a personal trainer. And um, I just fell in love with it. And I started off doing more personal training because that was the first job I landed. And as I grew and became more comfortable as a trainer, about year two, I started doing some health educating. So that was really cool. So I actually started to implement all the things that I was learning. And this was just with like the general population. You know, these were clients that just wanted to get healthier. Some of them had chronic health diseases. Some did not. And I was just their health educator. And then I had the personal training background. So I also would do workouts with them. So it was like nutrition, healthy lifestyle tips, and workout advice. Also, I would train them in person. So it was really cool. But that's kind of how I started off in this field, just truly a desire to help people get healthy. Yeah, and I love that. Um, I think that the, the value-added um, component that or like the mindset shift of like health mm -hmm. is supposed to <laughs> add to your life and not um, take away. But um, was there ever a time that maybe that mindset about health was a little bit um, skewed in your mind or with your body or with dieting, which is, you know, it's the beginning of the year and diets are everywhere. Right. Yes. So that was a huge part of my journey. And as I've grown as a person and as a trainer, I have became so comfortable and authentic with what I stand for and what I believe. And I now very much so open up about my personal struggles, which is actually something I did not do for several years of my career. So, you know, to think all the way back, I started off with a very unhealthy family, mother overweight, whole family overweight. I was not. And that was the thing is a lot of people, I was always really small. I was always that really tiny girl. Um, up until I was in college, I guess I just kind of stayed small, but I didn't eat that well. Um, when I became a personal trainer, I started to have other, I started to look at to other trainers and other people and compare myself. And I honestly felt like I never leveled up to them. Like I was right out of college, you know, 19, 20 years old, and I wanted to look like X, insert that person that looked perfect on the magazine cover. And um, even though I was a health educator, even though I knew quite a bit about nutrition, and exercise, first thing I started to do is I exercised a ton because I had body dysmorphia. I mean, I truly looked at myself, I was like 103 pounds and I thought that, 
you know, I wasn't good enough. I didn't think I necessarily needed to lose much weight, but the solution for being unhappy with the way I looked was not eating a lot. So I was very restrictive in my food. I did not see myself looking back at pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so tiny, but I didn't see myself as that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I personally struggled quite a bit. I had a lot of body image issues. Not only that, I would have issues with my food. You know, I would do restriction diets, but say that it's healthy. Like for example, I would cut all of my carbs out and be like, oh, well, this is low carb. This is healthy. You know, I can do this. And, and when I would have a client or a trainer, another trainer asked me, I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing a low carb diet. And they're like, oh, okay, I understand. But really like it wasn't healthy looking back at what I was eating, how much, the way I was tracking my food, like every day, like could not go over on carbs or fats or protein. Like it was just not, it was not in a good mental space for me. What were some of the thoughts or like things that you used to say to yourself um, when you were doing that? Um, some of the thoughts I used to have, especially since I was a trainer and a health educator, I was really hard on myself because I kind of felt like this should not be me. Like I am a trainer. People are paying me to get healthy. People are paying me for my, you know, for my advice and training. This should not be me. So one, I really be, I would just constantly beat myself up. So I would just be like, disappointed in myself ultimately you know I was like so disappointed that I too struggled with eating finding balance knowing how I had a really hard time um, with the all or nothing mindset which is something I talk about with my clients like I had to either I was either a hundred percent on plan which would be very restrictive back then or I was off plan which was reverting back to the way I ate when I was younger which also wasn't healthy so I didn't really have a balance but I was I would beat myself up all the time and to be honest with you I just never thought the way I looked, no matter how lean I got, no matter how little I weighed, was enough. So that was kind of like, I'm still not good enough. I'm still not lean enough. I'm still not fit enough. But in reality, it's like you're 107 pounds, 10% body fat. What do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, I was really hard on myself. And those were kind of some of the, the thoughts I would tell myself quite often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you touched on a, a term that um, people might not know. And I wonder if we can get into that a little bit. Body dysmorphia. I hadn't heard of it um, until a couple of years ago when someone said it to me and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you explain a little bit more what body dysmorphia is? So for, for me personally, what I meant when I said it was when I looked at myself, so I am 5'4 and on average, you know, I know, and also I don't correlate um, the scale weight with health, but just so you know, to give you some perspective, back at that time, you know, I was probably very between 105 to 107 pounds. I did body fat testing um, as, a, as a form to measure my progress. My body fat at that time was probably around 10%. And honestly, I would look in the mirror with being the weight I just mentioned, the body fat percent, which is very small, uh, had no body fat, I would look in the mirror and I would see someone that I felt like was 150 pounds and like triple the body fat. So I did not see myself for being that lean. I would look at myself and be like, 
no, I'm still not lean enough. And my coach or trainer that I worked with at that time was like, Ashley, you know, you actually are pretty lean. And, um, you know, as far as weight goes, you don't really have weight to lose. But it was just really disordered thinking when I looked in the mirror. It's like I didn't really see what was there. And that's what I work with with my clients is when you look in the mirror and you see yourself standing there, you may see yourself looking being larger than you actually are, looking you know, you may not see yourself for what you truly are as far as your size and the way that you look. And for me, it was a really negative experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I can relate. And I'm just thinking, um, a couple years ago, I ran a half marathon with two girlfriends that just have smaller bodies than me. Like I even just look at like my shoulders, my shoulders are just like, I can't change my shoulders. <laughs> like this is my shoulders, but they're, um, I'm wider than them. And I remember finishing this race, this half marathon and looking at their bodies in the picture and mine and being like, Oh my gosh, I'm like three times as big as them. Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. And now I look back at that photo and I'm like, your body is just a different size than them. You're five inches taller than them. <laughs> like, but like at the time it was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so huge as if there's like, no, it's just, that's just your body, Jacqueline. But it's just crazy how we see ourselves and then the judgment that we add to it as if that, like, that's, that's my whole, I don't know. It's, it's insane how much energy we, we, um, feed into this. Right. I totally agree with you. I, and at this time I didn't have children. So I truly, my career and myself were my primary focus and to be honest with you, at first, I, besides, you know, taking really good care of my clients, um, you know, learning as much as I could related to, you know, being a great trainer, understanding hormone function, um, and the correlation it has with training and your nutrition, learning about nutrition, outside of doing those things, honestly, that's what I focused in on, is how can I just restrictive eating because I wasn't happy with what I saw in the mirror. And like you said, at first, it had so much to do with just like not feeling like I was good enough, comparing myself to other people that were on magazines or trainers as well, and maybe fitter than I was. And I just felt like, why can't I look just like that? But interestingly, as I mentioned, when I did get my body fat down, when I did lose, get my weight down even more, which I had no weight to lose to begin with, um, you know, I still was not in a good place. So it's really interesting, you know, even when I reached that goal, I said, like, I'm, I was still, I was still just um, unhappy with the way I looked. Yeah. So yeah, in our head, we're like, okay, I'll just get down to this weight and then I'll be happy. And then we get down to that weight and then it's like shoot, I guess it's not actually about the weight. That's right. That is right. And that's what I learned. So that was a really cool um, moment for me in my career, or it took me, I actually went through that for about a year. So I hit my, I hit my goals. I went through everything I mentioned to you with just looking at my body, not being happy with what I saw, even though like I knew that I could not lose any more body fat. I knew that I could not lose any more weight. Um, I was starting to think about wanting to get pregnant and just wanting to be healthier. And I just was like, there is no way I can keep this up. There is no way I can continue training six times a week, two times a day, 
doing intense CrossFit style workouts. I never really did a lot of cardio outside of the like CrossFit workouts I did, but CrossFit workouts one to two times a day. There were definitely a couple days a week I do two a days yeah. and um, just super restrictive eating. And primarily at that time, I was really restricting the carbs and um, you know, which obviously too, with the amount of energy I was expending, I was just not eating enough to fuel my body. And I just felt like I cannot keep this up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, um, it makes me think of uh, an infographic I saw from Precision Nutrition where it kind of talked about different body weights and what it takes to get to being that lean. Mm -hmm. And the, the big idea in the article was like, to be this lean has not like does not correlate with actually being healthy. Like right. all of the steps that you have to take and the mindset that you have to do and the carb like the checking on carbs and the carb cycling and the the amount of workouts and like not being able to go out to dinner, like all of those things, like that's not actual health. I'm I'm also curious if you can talk a little bit about like the joy factor of life. Like like what was it like like with friends or with your husband or like going out to dinner or any of those things? Like was there any joy factor around food? No. So that was really cool. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about that as I was telling you about my story. But yes, um, there was so many struggles with that. So first off, my whole life revolved around my workouts and my nutrition. So I literally would not go out to social events. I would get anxious about going to Christmas parties or even when my birthday would roll around, like I literally debated, like, should I go out or should I not? Should I have a drink or should I not? Maybe I'll skip cake this year. Or, and then I was like, oh, it's okay, I'll do it, but then I'll just go work out two times tomorrow. And, you know, there were so many times when we would miss occasions or I would, my poor husband would have to listen to me anxiously talk to him about, oh my God, what if I gained five pounds or, you know, um, oh my gosh, I don't, I just ate that. I can't believe I did that. And now I need to get back on my nutrition plan. So it was really stressful for him. Although he's never said anything, I can only imagine he was probably like, Ashley, seriously, get with it. And I think there were times for sure he would look at me and be like, Ashley, like, I cannot buy into this. Like, look at you. Like you have no more weight to lose. You're strong. You're lean. He's like, honestly, like I cannot buy into this with you right now. So, you know, he kind of would show, he was always so supportive, but when I would really start down that negative spiral of, especially around the holidays, when I knew I was going to have to eat a little differently, I would start to feel really stressed out. Like it was super high stress for me. So he would just be like, Ashley, like seriously, you're in such great shape. Like I cannot buy into this. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I definitely missed several occasions. Didn't have a social life. There's no social life. You can't have a social life. And for my body, I could not have a social life, could not enjoy myself really, like travel, do things I enjoyed and be as lean as I was and maintain it because my body did not want to be there. It did not. Mm. Can you, what, can you tell me more about that? Like your body did not want to be there. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Okay. So for me, well, for me personally, and this is something I've seen with a lot of clients I've worked with. So, um, for me personally, my body did not want to be at 105, 107 pounds. So for example, if I would eat a normal and healthy amount of food to support my activity, not unhealthy foods, okay, just truly whole foods, 
consistently, let's say a couple days and a couple days a week, I'd instantly gain weight. My body, like it was like, no, you are not going to be able to maintain this weight. So I would see that and immediately cut back because my body truly did not. So if I decrease my exercise, my body would gain weight. So let's say if I exercise three times a week and ate like a normal amount of calories and carbs, I would instantly pick up a couple of pounds. And I got tired of that's kind of when my transformation, I really started to shift my mindset happened because I got so tired of expending all of that energy on maintaining that low weight and what it took, meaning like the restrictive eating and the excessive exercising. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering, did being at that weight, I think a lot of times we're like, I just got to get down to this little weight and then that will like, is there anything in life that being at that weight allowed you to do that being um, a few pounds heavier doesn't? Like, <laughs> are there any benefits of being that low of a weight, that lean? No, I can actually tell you, I, and this is something I talk about so much on social media now with all of my followers. And this is a message that I really want to make clear to people. There is nothing that you are going to have more of more happiness, better health, more enjoyment by being a super low weight. So we set this number in our head as I did at least. And I really felt like when I'm here, I'm going to be so much happier. I'm going to be so much prettier. I'm going to be so much, I'm going to be more accepted. I'm going to be more liked. All of those things were things that really motivated me. I'm going to be a better trainer. I'm going to be, you know, my clients are going to look to me more with uh, more respect. Honestly, now that I am, let's see here, um, like 12 pounds, 13 pounds, 12, 13 pounds heavier, had two children in three years. I am so much happier, weighing more, so much happier eating more. And here's the really cool thing is I can still have fitness too. I still feel fit. I still feel strong. I can still do all of the intense exercises I did before. And honestly, I perform better now because I'm fueling my body well. I enjoy my food. I don't track things. I don't stress over eating a Lara bar. Like seriously, I remember getting anxious over eating a Lara bar. And here's the ironic thing is I'm now a Lara bar ambassador, but I used to get so stressed out about Lara bars because it was like, oh my God, I just went over on my carbohydrates for the day. Um, from fruit, and, from date. Right. From like <laughs> No, I couldn't have that. And it's just, I'm in such, but the great thing is, guess what? I eat those foods and I don't gain 10 pounds. I don't gain five pounds even like I am at a really good place. And it's like, my body is also at a healthy place now to where I don't weigh myself because I don't really care about that number <laughs> because it doesn't mean that I'm happy or healthy. Cause quite honestly, I was super lean, super low body fat and super unhealthy, you know? And now I weigh more. I, um, feel much better. And I'm not sure if you've seen this on my social media, but I talk a lot about my um, postpartum journey right now. And I try to relate it to my clients in the sense that, you know, I know that, you know, we're all really busy and have a lot going on in our life, but I still keep myself a priority. But one thing I never talk about is how much I weigh. Because to me, it doesn't matter. And so I'll have people ask me, oh, well, you didn't list your weight. It doesn't matter. 
my weight does not matter because at one point in my life when it did matter to me, I thought, oh, when I hit this weight, I'm going to be so much healthier and happier. And I've now realized that that number does not equal happiness at all for me. So I, and I don't, it's not like I'm hiding my weight. I truly just don't weigh myself often. Once in a while I will, or at the doctor's, but um, it's not used. It's just data. And it just kind of comes in my mind now and goes away. And before it would be like an all day obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How, how many, what do I have to do to get the, yeah. Get yeah. It lower. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you touched on, um, having the baby and what life is like after that. I'm not even a mom and I get triggered by <laughs> messages of like, get your body back in shape, lose mm-hmm. the body fat or lose the baby weight or like all that stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, why do we have to keep, why, like, why is that the goal? That's the goal constantly is to like, let me just shrink down my body. Um, what, um, I'm just curious, like how, when you had, um, so you have two babies, when you had babies, did your relationship with your body change at all through pregnancy and after pregnancy and like kind of what was that like after having the babies? So yeah, my body image and the way my relationship with food and training totally shifted when I had my first daughter three and a half years ago. First off, I became pregnant and I was already really starting to get in a better place with my body composition and give up on that focusing on the scale, tracking things, but I still had a little bit of that there. Definitely not as much as it was when I first started my career. This was now four years ago. So when I became pregnant, I totally shifted my eating. I ate healthy, but I wanted to be able to train throughout my pregnancy. So to train throughout my pregnancy and truly be healthy and have a healthy baby meant I had to fuel my body properly. So no more low-carb diets, no more restrictive eating. I really knew like, hey, if I'm going to keep lifting weights hard like I do and be pregnant, I'm going to have to eat differently. So I started to shift that. After having her, I breastfed my daughter for a year exclusively. That put a lot more energy demands on my body, so I had to eat more. And I'm breastfeeding my second daughter now, but I was just like so hungry, like I can't even explain it, (laughs) that like I truly just had to eat more. But I also knew what I was eating was gonna impact my milk quality, which was also gonna impact my baby. So for me, like I really became super passionate about practicing what I preached more with my clients, eating healthy whole foods, not being restrictive, making sure if anything, switching that mindset to instead of let's see how much I could cut out, my mindset switched to let me see how much I can add into my diet to support my body and my baby, which was a totally different mindset uh, mindset compared to before when it was just like restrictive. Yeah. And I think you you said the word passionate and that like, I was like, oh, the opposite. Like you were like obsessive before. Mm -hmm. And now it was like passionate, like, oh, I'm doing this for my body. I'm doing this for my baby. I'm doing this for my milk supply. I'm doing this so I have energy because all of this is exhausting. Like just, Mm -hmm. it's like so crazy because it's like, you probably were still eating a lot of the same foods, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, in addition of carbs and fruits and things like that, but like still eating vegetables, still eating healthy fats, still eating protein, but it's like, oh, now we're doing this for my body and not to my body. Like, yeah, you're totally right. You 
totally nailed that one. I mean, that is exactly, exactly what happened is I was eating a lot of the same foods. I, I didn't really change because I was already eating clean, just restrictive. Yeah. So I kind of took the, I just let up on the brakes a little bit, to be honest, or actually a lot. And I just started to implement balance, balanced eating, meaning, you know, let me try to balance out my meal, eat some proteins, healthy fat and carbs. Um, you know, just diversify my diet with lots of colors and lots of healthy food sources. And um, I became really passionate about that. But the cool thing was that after having children, you know, my daughter, my oldest is three and a half, my youngest is now seven months with eating more calories with not training at uh, no more two a days, no more super long workouts. I just don't have the time now. Um, I naturally kind of, my body fell back to its old set point on its own, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I think you just have to love yourself and love your body for where you truly are and accept it. And I know that's so hard to do, especially if you are in that old you know, like my old mindset where it was restrictive and I was always anxious and scared and God forbid if I missed a workout or, you know, ate um, an extra half a cup of oatmeal that day. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, you know, know. and, and um, you know, now it's so nice to be able to say, hey, like, you can actually let go of that and still accomplish your goals. It doesn't mean you have to give up on your goals. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to say, I don't want to be fit anymore, or I don't, you know, want to feel strong, or I don't want to look good in my clothes, because I still do, and I still care, but it's a whole different approach now. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so you work with people in person and online. Um, can you share a little bit more about how you kind of get this message of fitness and health, like, like holistic health, like not mm -hmm. just you know, let's lose weight. Um, if you have someone that comes to you, like what, like, what does this look like for them? Um, and how do you get this message across? So, uh, the most important thing I implement. So most of the people that come to me do have health goals as well. So, you know, they either have a health condition or they're just truly burning the candle at both ends. They're a busy professional and they just need an advocate, someone in their corner that's going to help encourage and support them to truly, you know, make healthy lifestyle changes. And then I also have clients that come to me that, you know, truly are, medically diagnosed as obese and need to lose weight to get healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and so my approach is very customized. So every one of my clients has a, all of their programs are customized. Now there are some similarities, meaning um, none of them are, you know, all of them are lifting weights if their bodies are capable of doing so. Like that's kind of a foundation for me. Everyone needs to do some form of weight bearing exercise. Now, for example, it may look like body weight for one person and it may be adding resistance for the next. The nutrition, I try really hard to focus on removing processed unhealthy foods to an extent, but keeping foods in their diet that they enjoy. So my whole, the one thing I say with all of my clients from the start is I want you to feel like what we're doing is not a diet. So that's the biggest thing. I don't want you to feel like, if, I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait until this plan is over because 
I don't think I can keep this up forever or have the mindset, okay, I'm going to do this just for 12 weeks and then I'm going to go back to the way I was eating. So I really work on customized programs that are truly sustainable for each client. And that is very customized. So, you know, client A may like certain foods and they'll say to me, you know, Ashley, I really like this food or is it okay for me to add a little bit of sugar to my smoothie? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, really? You can put like a pinch of sugar in my yeah. smoothie. And I'm like, yeah. But here's the thing is that pinch of sugar or that ounce of dark chocolate or that insert food, whatever it is for you, having a little bit of that is not going to wreck your physique or your goals. And sometimes from my experience with clients and personally, having that all or nothing mindset, meaning like, okay, I'm going to add a pinch of sugar to my smoothie. But now since I did that, I'm going to eat horrible everything. I've broken my diet as we call it. And now, you know, I deviated and I'm a failure. So I'm just going to totally give up on eating healthy. Mm -hmm. So I try really hard to allow my clients to see that, hey, you can do things you enjoy, eat foods you enjoy, and still be very successful at accomplishing your health goal. Yeah, I love that you said that. I think that that was something in, in Jill, the um, our, our business coach, yeah. something that I wrote about um, seeing her eat, I think she was eating like frosting or something gross, like mm -hmm. something just like eating a spoonful. I was like, I haven't done that since I was 12, but I was like, wow, Jill allows herself to do that. It was like this, like permission to not be perfect, like this permission in that. And there was no, I think that too, like we're always looking to someone to tell us what to do. And when someone tells us like, Hey, you're allowed to have a little bit of sugar. You're allowed to have a little bit of chocolate. It's like, wait, what, <laughs> what? Like I, it, and then it breaks this diet mentality. And I think you're, you're so right. Like sometimes we have that fear, like, oh gosh, I'm going to fall apart. Now I'm going to, you know, I need all of the sugar, but it's like, no, once you break that all or nothing mindset, it just like everything changes, like everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it truly does. And not just for myself, I have to say with my clients as well. And I have noticed, but here's the interesting thing is I have always worked with this. Oh, I've always worked with my clients on not having the all or nothing approach, but me personally, I wasn't always implementing it, but I've always worked with my clients. So I believed it, but I wasn't doing it personally. You know, it's almost like I, I trust that this is going to work for you, but I'm really scared and don't know if it's going to do it for me. Yeah. And then... So when you started doing it, how did, how did that change? So when I started to let go of the all or nothing, yeah. oh my gosh, it was so, well, first off, I was super scared, super yeah. scared because I was like, you know, I am going to blow up <laughs> or I am suddenly not going to be that fit uh, girl that, you know, my client, that image I was portraying to others. I thought that, you know, I was going to lose all of that which also had a lot to do with just growing as a person and realizing that I have, there's so much more to me than what, uh, what people see and truly valuing all of the other qualities that I, that I have to offer to someone more than the way my body looks. So I had to work a lot with that, but then letting go of that all or nothing mindset, the thing that really, I was really scared. I was really scared and it took a lot of time, but 
it was great because every time I just kind of let go a little bit more and started to back away a little bit more from that mindset and that relationship with my food, like it was crazy. Yeah, I did gain a little weight because I just wasn't in a healthy place, but I'm actually, I actually like the way I look now more than I did back then. Looking at my old pictures, I'm like, oh my God, like I was so thin. Like no wonder I couldn't gain muscle or I didn't feel that strong at times because I was not fueling my body well and I wasn't, you know, taking great care of myself. I actually like the way I look now after having two children than I did before having kids when I was 20. That's crazy. Like I never would have believed that if you told that to me back then. Yeah. And I think too, just like, like your mom, like your body, like what your body has done in, um, you know, growing two babies inside of you and birthing them. Like, that's like the strongest thing that your body can do. Like, that's insane. You know, like, yes, (laughs) it's so different. Um, so yeah. So, you know, and, and I also think when I became a mother, I was like, oh my gosh, like women, we are so amazing. Like, The fact that, you know, I can do this and I can create a child and a life and I can still exercise and, you know, do my pull-ups pregnant and do all the things I need to do and then recover from that and then turn around and get pregnant, you know, a year and a half later is amazing. And, you know, now that I'm done having children, I truly did respect myself on a whole nother level. But I have to say when I started that very restrictive relationship with my food and my training, I realized about a year into it that it had to end. Like I cannot, but I slowly kind of came out of it or let's say I would try and then I would revert back to my old habits. And, you know, really it took several years to truly now to be able to sit here and like say that I'm in a really good place with things. So, yeah. And I'm glad you said that too. I talk about whole 30 a lot on my posts and, um, like on the one hand, it's like, Oh great. It introduced me to eating more vegetables, but the whole idea that my relationship with food was going to change and be great in 30 days is ridiculous. And it took so much, like it took months, probably years of, unlearning some of the things that it taught me and then like relearning things. And we're talking like months or years. And so like, like it's not like us, like unlearning these habits and the restriction and the all or nothing mindset. Like it takes, it takes time and, but that's Mm -hmm. not marketed to us. That's not. It does. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not. And you're so right. Like as you're saying that I'm shaking my head because I truly agree with you. Like it took me years to truly unlearn some of those habits that I created and were implementing. And, um, you know, even still to this day, like I'll be eating a food and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I remember when I had this food before, like I used to get so anxious or, you know, I would feel so guilty afterwards. And I now laugh about it, but it's taken me years to get to that place. And now I can say, Oh, like, you know, one of the posts I did recently over Christmas was I remember when, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's would be the hardest times for me because I would stress about missing a workout, eating something that was off my plan. And by the way, like I would create, I would just follow like a really trendy diet. Whatever was trending is what I would follow. 
And, um, you know, I would try to follow that diet because it was what was working and what everyone else was doing. And, um, you know, I was thinking even this past year with the holidays, like, wow, like I remember, you know, years back when I truly did not enjoy Christmas morning, you know, because there were so many goodies and treats and, you know, my family would make foods and desserts. I loved them, but just would either have them and feel really guilty or not have them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I think this is the first time I've had, like I had a few cookies at Christmas and I was like, okay, cool. Instead of, it was either not eating any cookies or eating all of the cookies. And yeah. it was like, oh, I had a few cookies. And then I was like, mm, I think I'm good. Like that was like the first, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a completely different mindset. Um, so I want to touch on, um, so as it is the beginning of the year and we do have people, you know, getting started in fitness, um, just kind of, um, I always like to think about the biggest loser, this TV show and how, you know, they take people and they put them on a ranch and they're like, work out for seven hours a day. And we know what happens. They leave the ranch and all of the restrictive behaviors, um, causes them to binge. Like their bodies are just like, what's this? They don't know how to live in real life because there's all of these other factors. So that, you know, that restrict and binge can happen for someone that is, you know, has weight to lose. Um, kind of like what you would do with someone if they, they do have weight to lose. They're not on the lower end, but they're trying to get healthier this year. Like what tips you might have for them? So that's a great question. Um, usually with any client of mine that comes to me and they have weight to lose, the first thing I do is usually just a couple of basic things as far as just advice. First off, just simply becoming more active. So most of the time, if you have a weight problem and there's no underlying condition, so excluding that, just moving more is going to help you. Walking more, getting in more steps, finding any form of exercise. I am very, um, I love strength training, but you know, if you want to walk, run, take a class with your friends, just truly getting more active. So I always say, do something you enjoy. Um, you know, if you don't have the option to work with a trainer, for example, second thing would be simply just taking a look at your diet or your nutrition plan that you're on and trying to cut out things that are truly impacting your health really negatively. And, you know, that can be different for every single one of us. Some, you know, I've had clients come to me that drink four sodas a day, every single day. You know, I have clients that come to me that eat uh, fast food for every day, breakfast, dinner, and lunch, because they are working professionals, own their own business, and eat on the run. So simply packing a salad from home, or even switching one of your burgers and fries to a salad is a much healthier option. So taking a look at your nutrition plan or the diet you're on and, and asking yourself, what can I do that is going to be easy for me to implement and sustain? Don't think about what, I'm just gonna cut everything out and I'm gonna start eating lettuce and drinking water only. That's not sustainable. So think about something in your nutrition plan that you can truly cut back on or eliminate totally. It may be giving up burgers and fries. It may be cutting back on the amount of alcohol that you have. Do you really need to have 
two drinks a night, for example, could you cut back or maybe skip a night? You know, I'm thinking about that. So that's a big thing I try to focus on. The third thing, which I have to say in my experience is by far one of the most overlooked things. And it's simple for, well, not simple, depending on if you're a mom or your lifestyle, but looking at your sleep, how much are you sleeping? The one thing I can say from experience, even working with my clients, if you're not getting enough rest, it's going to be hard to have the mental clarity and the energy to be active and to eat well. If you wake up tired and exhausted, it's going to be really hard for you, even if you are motivated and don't like the way you're, you look or the way you feel right now, to have the energy needed to put forth to make the habit changes if you're exhausted. So a lot of us, you know, need to work on better sleep hygiene sleeping better, making sure you're getting, you know, seven, eight hours a night consistently. So that's something I focus on a lot too, or other healthy habits that's not related to movement and nutrition, like your sleep, your stress management, your hydration, um, you know, doing things that you love for hobbies. All of those things also are very much so included in my programming, but sleep would be the top pick for me and uh, just really making sure you're getting a good sleep. You'll, you'll truly notice such a transformation and just the way you feel the next day, if you are. That's so true, and it's so cyclical. I think just think about the days that, like if I haven't gotten sleep, it's like, okay, now I need an extra cup of coffee, and then what does that lead to? And then like probably a fight some sometime during the day with my husband because I'm stressed mm -hmm. out, and then what is that, you know, like, if you're, you know, you're an emotional eater, okay, now you're, you know, like, it's just right. so cyclical, like, okay, let's start with sleep. That's huge. Mm -hmm. I like so, that. Yeah, that's something I really do work on with all of my clients is focusing in on those things. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's really hard for them at first, because they're like, seriously, you're going to talk to me about sleep, but it's so overlooked and it impacts our health so much more than we realize. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, like that whole like value added instead of always like trying to cut away, but like, Hey, mm -hmm. we need to do more sleep for us and all of the things that that, that is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like that a lot. Cool. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you um, to find out more, where, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram. Um, my name is pure fit studio, mm -hmm. or they can find me um, at www.purefitstudio.com. That's my website. And I'm also on Facebook under pure fit studio or pure fitness actually. Great. Yeah. And I'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Yay. It was so wonderful having you. Thank on. you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been such so much fun. It was. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye.